0: i'm Kat. i'm taylor and welcome to the first 2022 episode of square mile of murder can you believe it
1: <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> honestly no it's been it's been a few years here folks uh but yes it is here 2022 is happening now keep in mind nobody especially us <laughs> is claiming that this year will be anything special or really anything at all it's just just a just a sort of an empty box and we're yeah. all just going to wander through orderly fashion you know keep your arms and legs inside the ride vehicle at all times and just hope for the best and that's it nothing
0: more that's how this year is going to go <laughs> yeah so, welcome. Hope you all had a, a good Christmas, New Year. Happy that's New what Year! You celebrate. Yep, we're actually recording this on New Year's Eve, yep. so we don't know what happened. The Y two K might just be twenty two years late. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? But yeah, any any Christmas chats you want to add? um i spent christmas in florida
1: i got a tan it was not well i spent the lead up to christmas in florida i spent christmas on a plane basically but british airways served me turkey for dinner nice it was fine um but the plane was like empty so we
0: each had a row to ourselves nice. uh, a friend of mine uh works cabin crew for british airways but she had covid in the lead up to Christmas. Oh, so. no she wouldn't have been on your flight
1: the 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 um the crew on our flight back here to the uk were so delightful and like they were all wearing like like reindeer antlers and tinsel in their hair (laughs) and like we when we landed in heathrow it they've started doing this thing where they're um disembarking the plane by row um why do airlines not do that anyway like right? It'd like, be so much easier. It is so much easier, but the problem with this was that the plane was so empty and the the main flight attendant calling out the rows. I think it was to get people on buses to take them to the terminal, but she was only calling out like two rows at a time. Mm. and some of these rows there were no people in (laughs) so we're we sat there for like a good 45 minutes and we had a really short connection so we were like "Ah!" but the two flight attendants who were in our cabin were just like chatting away and and making fun of the like row announcements and she's like oh she's gone down to two this time just two rows this time (laughs) but it was like it was really fun to sort of hear them chat. And, like, one of them was explaining um, the plane to another set of passengers because she was talking about, like, the bunks in the plane and for, mm. like, really long haul flights, how they, like, swap and sleep and stuff. And so it was cool. And it was, like... It felt like one of those things that could really only happen when you're traveling on like a Christmas day sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it's like
1: you get like the insider <laughs> thing. So yeah, that was a that was a
0: highlight for me. Uh, I had the flu. Yeah. <laughs> um. At four days, I couldn't get out of bed. Um. Yeah. So the whole two weeks. Almost between the last episode we recorded <laughs> and this one we're recording on New Year's Eve, um, I've left the house twice, and that's in the last two days. Ugh, that uh, sucks. I, oh no, I haven't. I went to the doctors as well for my booster. Mm. Yeah, I had two days in that period where I was—I thought I was over it—and I went for my booster. And I went on my mum's work's Christmas night out, and then just came back <laughs> with a vengeance. And then the next day, my body was like, fuck you. How dare you? Yeah, we went, we played crazy golf, we are not happy. <laughs> I don't know why my body wasn't happy, it was so much fun. Exactly. And went to a pub around the corner and the food was great. Mm. And I ate way too much, but you know. Uh, also but- then didn't eat for a week because I was sick, so oh, it balanced well. out. And tidied you over. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but I have to tell everyone, so my favorite present this year actually came from Taylor.
1: Oh, I'm so because proud. Because
0: got me, she <laughs> got me an ordnance survey map of the UK all about folklore and superstition. Yeah. And I love it so much.
1: It's really cool. I'm sure some of that's going to pop up in here. Throughout the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which is definitely not why i gave it to you <laughs>
0: no it's like
1: <laughs> f- future proofing
0: mm. <laughs> the program well uh, i'm like i i want to keep it in my bag and take it everywhere and i know like, Ooh, what's it but then i'm also like it needs to be framed and be yeah. preserved so i'm gonna have to work that one out but yeah and and a mug that says twat To go with the mug you got me last year that says bar bag. Yes, which, like... So everyone now is going to be looking forward to next year's mug. I'm going to have to find
1: a good one. Maybe I should order it now while I remember.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to find... (laughs) So they're both Scottish ones. You're going to have to find the the weird place name in Yorkshire that goes in that series. I'm sure... Because they had a bunch on their website, so I'm sure
1: they have it and just have to have to take a look (laughs) yeah but like they also do a map of all those place names as well yeah
0: the one in Yorkshire comes up on every list like that yeah yeah so hope you guys had a wonderful christmas so yes whatever it is that you celebrate um and yeah let's get into it Uh, So being the absolutely wonderful people that we are, we've decided to start 2022 with an episode designed to help everyone who has bought into the New Year's resolution of something to do with being healthy and losing weight. If that's you, you you're perfect the way you are, but still, put your hand down. Okay. We're going to do something that's going to scare you all and Taylor off of eating chocolate. Uh, and this is the story of Christi- Christiana Edmonds, the chocolate cream killer. Ooh. Or chocolate cream poisoner, whichever you prefer. Yikes. Um, and what else I'd like to add to that, I wrote half of this. Whilst eating the chocolates Taylor sent me for Christmas. Hey. Um, So, which was exactly the same as the chocolates that I sent her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which we ate of all, all of last night. <laughs>
0: Uh, the story of christiana Edmonds takes place in brighton which is on the south coast of england about an hour away from london by train uh, during the victorian era Uh, because you know i don't think we've covered enough cases of female murderers from victorian england hardly any
1: no it's not like it's our entire brand or anything
0: (laughs) no not at all (laughs)
1: Well, what's what's one more added to the list, right? I know. So Christiana Edmonds was born on October 3rd, 1828 in Margate, Kent, Southeast England, into a life of privilege. Her father was William Edmonds, a renowned architect who designed the town's Holy Trinity Church and the Margate Lighthouse. And her mother was Anne Christiana Byrne, who we don't know much about, but we do know that she was also born into a money and privilege. At some point, the Edmonds family moved to Brighton, where Christiana's parents were from, and they were considered one of the town's better or richer families, often synonymous. Because both sides of the family had lived in Brighton for three generations, they reportedly bragged that the family had been there since the time of the Prince Regent, which is the late 18th century, around the time that the Brighton Pavilion was constructed. Uh, Christiana was privately educated. But she did not go on to marry into a good family, as was expected of young, upper-middle-class women. Instead, she remained in the family home with her mother, following her father's death in 1847.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't know much about the Regency period, but I know it's sort of around the time, like the Brighton Pavilion was constructed but that was like a bragging point among families at that mm, time mm-hmm. during the Victorian period was oh we've been we've here, been here since, since the Regency. S-. Yeah. yeah. Um, Makes sense. Uh, in her early twenties Christiana Edmonds was diagnosed with hysteria. <laughs> so female hysteria was once a common diagnosis for pretty much any and every woman who did something that a man did not agree with. Yep. And even today, the term hysterical is still regularly used to discredit and tone police women, especially when we talk about things like equality, or lack thereof, or have the absolute gall to raise our voice a single decibel. <laughs> you know, it's such bullshit. No. Um. In short, it was used as a way to control women. Which is pretty evident from the fact that low sex drive or refusing sex could lead you to be diagnosed as hysterical, and the treatment was sex, pregnancy and childbirth, and regular orgasms. (sighs) Yeah. So, fun fact, the modern vibrator is believed to have been invented as a cure for hysteria. Yeah. A less fun fact, but I also know, and so I'm going to share it with you all. Oh, God. In ancient Egypt, vibrators uh, were like a phallic-shaped tube filled with angry bees. I mean, clever. Yes, but would you want to be there? No. If one of those bees, if those bees figured out how to open the tube and get out again? No. I mean, I assume they didn't start off angry, but if you were locked in a tiny tube and shook around, you'd get angry as well. I mean, yeah, yeah definitely Mm. Uh. so also less fun fact so masturbation was also considered a symptom of hysteria so women weren't like given their own vibrator and told to you know go lock themselves in a room and have fun the doctor did it for them lovely which just to be clear is foreign object rape yeah so you know hysteria is a very very loaded term
1: yes Uh, Uh, as are so many terms that we use so freely
0: yeah but if that didn't work you might be locked up in in an asylum or you might even be forced to have a hysterectomy which like is a traumatic operation that can kill women now yeah so 150 200 years ago (laughs) just imagine no thank you um so being promiscuous in you know in inverted commas, promiscuous, or enjoying sex rather than just enduring it to reproduce, um, could also have you diagnosed as a hysterical woman. So basically, there is no winning. Yeah. Um, so hysteria does not exist as a medical diagnosis anymore, thank fuck. But, as well as you know, both a high and low sex drive, here's a list of just some of the things that just a hundred years ago, could have you diagnosed as a hysterical woman. Anxiety, depression, shortness of breath, fainting, insomnia, loss of appetite, fatigue, homosexuality, bisexuality, yawning, stretching, abundant urine, and ignoring society's rules about how to be a good and proper woman. I literally have all of those. Like, abundant urine. I mean, I pee constantly. I have a
1: small bladder. This is yeah. literally me. Like, take that list, mm. put my glasses on it, and you'd see me.
0: <laughs> but like, yawning. Yawning. <laughs> but yeah. I just said the word, she's about to start yawning. There it is. That's uh, not fair. Stretching, stretching whilst yawning, stretching that was while yawning. one. While homosexual, while tired...
1: And having had insomnia the night before, the only thing I don't do on a regular basis is fainting. But I have been known to because I have low blood pressure. So
0: Mm. (sighs) I'd be fucked. See, I think low blood pressure might have been one. I'm sure it was. I didn't didn't take the whole list. I got bored after. Fuck this. (laughs) But it was that. It just proves that it's not. there's There's literally zero. Medical basis because it's just
1: anything, it covers literally anything that could possibly This
0: woman is annoying me.
1: Oh no, you have a runny nose, you're hysterical.
0: Yeah, (laughs) well, yeah, so both of us are hysterical women, obviously. We knew that already, though, right there. (laughs) Hysterical woman, uh. sore throat because, you know, I'm still getting over the flu. You're still getting over your hysteria. Yeah. Uh, So regardless of what reason you were diagnosed with hysteria for, uh, women who were classed as hysterical, there was usually a lot of social stigma attached to that, no matter what social class you came from. So if you were married and your husband was a brave little soldier for putting up with you, or if you were single, most men didn't really want you because you weren't a reliable wife and mother.
1: So, yeah. You you couldn't win. No, truly could not. Now, there isn't really a lot of information about uh, Christiana's diagnosis uh, and whether or not she was housed in some kind of psychiatric facility or treated at home. Either way, following treatment for her hysteria, Christiana remained at home with her widowed mother... She never married and never moved out of her mother's house. Like much of her early life, very little seems to be known about this period of her life until the late 1860s, when Christiana would have been uh, about 40. And she became entangled, as the celebrities are calling it these days. Oh, scandalous. I mean, if
0: I have to read one more thing about... Will and Jada Smith and their entanglements. Oh. I'm gonna scream. Uh, okay. I can honestly say I haven't been keeping up with those entanglements,
1: but uh,
0: I'll take your I word for it. I don't know how it. it seeped into my consciousness. I've tried not to <laughs> look for it, but like,
1: uh, It's there anyway. Just, just
0: some people just need to stop. Yeah,
1: just like, just calm down, everyone. Um, so yeah, she entangled herself with a local married doctor named Charles Beard. Now, the exact nature of the relationship between Christiana and Charles remains a source of controversy. They could have just been friends, uh, but even that would have been very scandalous at the time. You know, married man, unmarried woman being friends is still frowned upon today, let alone 150 years ago. So, you know. Some sources claim there were many love letters written between the two who only lived a few streets away from each other, but others claim that they were just friends. And then others, others, others say that the exact nature of their relationship was never known. So it's a mystery. We like those mm-hmm. here, they're yeah. fun. Uh, whatever their relationship was, in 1870, Dr. Beard decided he wanted to put an end to it and stop seeing Christiana for good. Uh, But she didn't take this particularly well. Go figure. So in September of that year, she bought a box of chocolate creams from a local confectioner and took them to Dr. Beard's house. He wasn't there, but his wife Emily was, and Christiana forced Emily to eat the chocolates. What Emily didn't know prior to having these chocolates shoved down her throat
0: quite literally shoved down her throat lovely this wasn't it go on have some more it was was open
1: your mouth (laughs) (laughs) and chuck them in (laughs) 10 points for hitting the hitting the back of the throat um yeah so she didn't know that christiana had laced them with poison
0: yeah, I mean why would you? <laughs> yeah. So just
1: to clarify, chocolate creams are a truffle like a chocolate like truffle kind of thing. Yeah. So like
0: a like a hard shell and like and then like soft like s- like a truffly like, like a softer kind of, or like a you know like a like a fruit cream like a strawberry cream or an orange cream. Yeah. That kind of consist like fondanty. Yeah, yeah. Creamy, truffly, any any of that can be classed as a chocolate cream. Okay,
1: I uh, see. I am getting confused with custard creams, which is a cookie or a yeah, that's a, a biscuit. biscuit. So okay,
0: not that, Just like no, an so act- like, like, like a uh, box
1: of chocolates kind of yeah. thing. Cool.
0: Yeah, like like proper old fashioned chocolates from a a confectioner yeah, yeah. or a here. Um. So thankfully, Emily survived. And made a full recovery, which did suffer a violent illness. Don't blame her. (laughs) Uh, Now, Dr. Beard was sure that Christiana had poisoned the chocolates and banned her from his home. However, he was unable to prove that she had poisoned the (laughs) chocolates and attempting to do so would only have resulted in a scandal for both families due to the pair's relationship in whatever form it was. So, Christiana and the Doctor went their separate ways, with no repercussions for Christiana. Leaving her free to continue poisoning Brighton's unsuspecting citizens. And would you know it, the following year, that is exactly what she did. I'm shocked, I tell you. I know. So, in the spring of 1871, Christiana began buying chocolate creams from a local chocolatier and confectioner named John Maynard. Instead of eating them, or gifting them like most of us would do Christiana took them home laced them with strychnine and then returned them to John Maynard claiming either there was something wrong with her or they weren't what she wanted. Something wrong with them? I think you said something wrong with her. Did I? Well yeah. (laughs) I mean yes, correct, but also (laughs) So and then returned them to John Maynard claiming there was either something wrong with them or that they weren't what she wanted. She changed her mind. And she would then take another box, of, another box of chocolates as a replacement. Okay. And nowadays, if someone took an open box of chocolates back to the shop saying there was something wrong with them, health and safety laws would mean they would end up being disposed of. Yeah. But 150 years ago, that didn't really happen. And John Maynard just replaced Christiana's chocolates and put the ones she returned... Back on sale. Mm. Uh, so, some unsuspecting Brightonians came along to treat themselves to a nice box of chocolate and instead bought a box of chocolate flavoured strychnine. Great. Great. Mm. Great. I love it. That's just what
1: you want. Yeah. <sighs> Now, strychnine poisoning usually first presents itself as muscle spasms and cramps, quickly followed by seizures, joint and muscle stiffness, and general agitation. But if poisoned with a low enough dose, humans can survive strychnine poisoning, as is evidenced by Mrs. Beard, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, However, a fatal dose of strychnine will cause further symptoms including hyperthermia, which is overheating as opposed to hypothermia, which is getting super cold. Um, Also, rapid breathing and increased blood pressure, vomiting, and eventually death from multiple organ failure, brain damage, or cardiac arrest. What a lovely trifecta.
0: Yeah, Well, also fun fact, or morbid fact, (laughs) that I learned this week. According to Wikipedia. Uh, strychnine, because it caused such a painful and violent and dramatic death, it became a favourite of Agatha Christie and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in their writing. That makes sense. Hmm. Has no bearing on anything else, just that I tell you. No. Love a fun fact. Mm.
1: So people all over Brighton became ill, but nobody connected these serious illnesses to the chocolate shop. And that was because illnesses like cholera were rife in Brighton at this time. Unlike some of the UK's bigger cities like London, Birmingham, and Glasgow, Brighton Brighton in the early 1870s did not have an underground sewage system, which led to the spread of cholera and other Victorian diseases and these poisonings coincided with a lot of discussion about the costs and practicalities of building an underground sewage system instead of having everyone just traipsing through the streets filled with human and animal waste. Ah, (laughs) come to scenic Brighton. Get your shoes covered in shit. Uh, So all of these illnesses resulting from the poisoned chocolates were wrongly attributed to the various diseases that were pretty much endemic in Victorian society at the time and Christiana continued buying, poisoning and returning chocolates to John Maynard's shop. John just say no.
0: You see her come in and say not today lady. But she's like one of the most prominent (sighs) family from one of the most prominent families in Brighton they've been there since the Regency Oh, I expected better of John. (laughs) This continued until June 1871, when four-year-old Sidney Barker died after eating chocolates on holiday with his family. So an autopsy determined that he died from strychnine poisoning, but a verdict of accidental death was recorded. Uh, So even though the strychnine was traced to the chocolates. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So much like arsenic and cyanide, strychnine was everywhere in Victorian Britain, <laughs> and at one point was even prescribed as like a performance enhancer. Yeah, it was thought to have the same effect as caffeine. Oh yeah, which it does in that it speeds up your blood, like your heart rate, and puts your blood pressure up, but it kills you a lot quicker e- than caffeine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and. We've talked about it in previous episodes. I think the main one was the Marianne Cotton episode. Yeah, it was so easy to be poisoned back then, accidentally or on purpose. <laughs> you lick because like,
1: it was just <laughs> you lick a bit of
0: wallpaper
1: and boom, you're dead.
0: But kids will do that. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So even though the strychnine was traced back to the chocolates, it was still determined that the poison had contaminated the chocolates by accident. Oh my god! So as far as we can find. There were no repercussions for John Maynard and his chocolate shop. And the people of Brighton just kind of moved on with their lives after this tragic accident. And this is the only death attributed to the chocolates. But the poisonings did continue, and they began to affect more and more prominent and wealthy families in the city. Oh, we can't have that, can we? No. So you know that means it's got to be taken seriously. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, it stands to reason it's pretty common sense. The dose to kill a child with strychnine is a lot lower than the dose needed to kill an adult. True, true. Good point.
1: Um. So according to the Brighton Museum's website, following Sydney's death, Christiana changed her approach. And instead of returning the chocolates and taking sort of potluck on who would buy them and be poisoned... She bought them, laced them with strychnine, and then had them delivered to specific targets. Which is really I mean, from her point of view, the better way to go about it,
0: but still. Um Yeah, I have thoughts on that because like it's it's very strange to just take potluck. Yeah, and just just sort of like, yeah, whatever.
1: Hope hope someone I hate is gonna get real sick from this. It just, it's not efficient.
0: No, it's strange. Yeah.
1: So, Dr. Beard and his wife Emily were among her victims, although both survived the poison, along with many other prominent local families who received chocolates through the summer of 1871. Christiana herself even claimed to have received a box of these poisoned chocolates and suffered a brief illness before making a complete recovery. Clever. Mhm. Uh the police had connected the chocolates and the poisonings by this point, so it is possible and indeed likely that Christiana had sent the chocolates to herself to ensure that suspicion was not cast in her direction, you know, given her history with Dr. Beard. Mhm. <laughs> so although the police had connected the poison to the chocolates, they still had no leads in terms of narrowing down a suspect. Now, you might remember from some of our previous episodes on Victorian poisoners that there were a series of laws enacted in the mid-19th century designed to stop or at least reduce the amount of poison murders. If you don't remember or didn't hear that episode, basically there was a poison register, which was essentially a record of everyone who had legally purchased poisons. Each seller had their own poison book, which the customer had to sign when they bought the poison the aim being that it would make it easier to track down people who were buying these things in large amounts. In theory, somebody should have been showing up in poison books around Brighton on a regular basis, given the amount of poisonings happening in the second half of 1871. However, Christiana had found a way around the poison books.
0: So, to start with, She'd bought the strychnine herself, claiming that she needed it to get rid of the feral cats who were infesting her and her mother's home. <sighs> I mean, to me, that's not an infestation. That's like a life goal. It's a party. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's a whole Disney film about it. That's true. If you're a rich woman in Paris. Or in Brighton. But no, in Brighton, she wasn't happy. <laughs> uh, but she soon found a more inconspicuous way of procuring her poison. So it seems that back in the 19th century, there was a never-ending supply of young street urchins, (laughs) all willing to run errands for the middle and upper classes in exchange for a few coins or some food, perhaps even even shelter for the night in the stables. Mm. It's all very Dickensian. It it really is, yeah. Uh, One of the errands that these street children used to run was going to the shops, placing, collecting, and delivering orders for these wealthy families and Christiana was more than happy to make use of this service but. so she would employ a number of young boys to buy strychnine from various local chemists and what we would now think of as hardware shops mm. so there's a few different places so instead of, she wasn't going to the same one mm. all the time which is a, that's a good starting point yeah, yeah. And the boys would either use their own names, or sometimes false names that Christiana would tell them to use, ensuring that her own name did not show up in the book.
1: She is she is conniving, like she's got mm.
0: this down to a science. Yeah, and I couldn't find it if it was written anywhere, I'm assuming she also used them to buy the chocolates. Yeah, you would think because- Because otherwise it was going to get very suspicious. Yeah, exactly. She was just
1: buying all these chocolates. Yes. Yeah, again, Mr. Mister John Maynard should have been like, you
0: again, I think not. But but at the same time, if she'd stopped returning the chocolates and swapping them, and was now just buying boxes and boxes yeah, yeah, every week, yeah. I'd be like, yep, yeah, you are welcome, give me your money. That's true, that's true.
1: Um. So in late autumn, as more and more prominent families began receiving the poisoned chocolates, Dr. Beard finally voiced his concerns to the police, also informing him that he suspected Christiana Edmonds of being behind the attempted poisoning of his wife the previous year when he ended his affair with her. Police began looking into Christiana and spoke to many of the street children who had been in her employ, and they soon arrested her for the attempted murder of Emily Beard and the murder of Sydney Barker. Her trial began in Brighton in 1872, but became so sensational that it was moved to the old Bailey in London. Her mother testified that both sides of the family had a history of mental illness and that Christiana herself had been diagnosed with hysteria as a young woman. Dr. Beard also testified at the trial He claimed that he had never had an intimate relationship with Christiana, but that it was a one-sided affair with her becoming infatuated with him, sending him a series of letters expressing her feelings until he put a stop to it in 1870, shortly before the first attempt to poison Emily. Well,
0: he would say that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Mm. She's in the dock. It's an easy way to get rid of her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, christiana edmonds was found guilty of murder and attempted murder and was sentenced to death but this sentence was then commuted to life in prison due to her mental state and she spent the rest of her life in broadmoor criminal lunatic asylum which is now known as broadmoor hospital and is a high security psychiatric hospital i didn't know this till this week it's not actually part of the prison system it's part of the nhs that makes sense it, it does make sense. Yeah, but yeah, you, most, you
1: hear it talk about talked about like
0: yeah. Well, most patients there, or a large amount of them, have come through the the prison system. Yeah, yeah. For or the the legal system for one reason or another, but it's not only uh, convicted criminals, which I always thought it was. I thought it was essentially a prison psychiatric hospital.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's but, interesting. No,
0: it's it's part of the NHS. So, yeah. So there go. And uh, she remained in Broadmoor until she died in 1907 at the age of 78. Reportedly never expressing any kind of <laughs> regret, contrition. Is that the right word? Yeah. I can't think of the word I mean. Um, remorse? Remorse, that's it. <laughs> but apparently she also said at her trial she would rather be hanged than mm. sentenced to uh, any what? kind of like psychiatric hospital. Oh, uh, yeah. Or, you know, Criminal Lunatic Asylum. <laughs> it's not the most enticing, inviting N- name, is it? No, that's and if you've true. Already been treated for hysteria, which wouldn't have been pleasant. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, her crimes inspired a number of uh, fictional works as well including a 1939 novel called The Black Spectacles by John Dixon Carr, and more recently a BBC radio drama called The Great Chocolate Murders, and there is a link to that to listen in the show notes, because it's not on the BBC website. But Yeah, there's a a website that randomly has it to stream. (laughs) I can't remember what the website's called. Uh, It's literally called The Internet Archive
1: oh yeah yeah Um, archive.org they have Mm. everything you could possibly want and more one Mm. of my favorite places on the internet
0: yeah Um, yeah and that is the story of Christiana Edmonds the chocolate cream killer
1: wow I mean there's not much more to say about this one like I feel like she did it the yeah. the people in town should have wised up a bit quicker, but mm. uh, again, her status and her band of, you know, street urchins probably hampered there.
0: Yeah, and also when you think of, like, the Victorian diseases, they all had very similar symptoms. Yeah. Poisoning in low enough doses could present as one of these illnesses. Yeah, totally. And there was all that discussion at the time about, oh, well, we should probably build a sewerage system through the city to, you know, make it cleaner and healthier, but it's going to cost a lot of money.
1: Yeah, we don't want to do that. And also just, like, people died in general, besides all of these sort of diseases. Like, life expectancy was not short. I mean, was not long, and was, you know, I think there was a a general expectation that of death of death yeah of, or of like illness and yeah. unease you know so yeah the
0: the thing that interests me is is that her original plan was just like returning the chocolates and taking potluck because yeah. like, what if she bought them again
1: i know she got the same but i guess she, she's not eating any of them so she could be, like, double poisoning them
0: until she... Yeah, but she could have sent another batch back and then got an, another batch given that she'd already poisoned. Yeah. And eaten them, so... I don't Like, and I just think it seems foolish
1: to, <laughs> like... Re- it's basically, like, it's returning your murder weapon to the store that you bought it from after using mm-hmm. it and, like, not wiping off the blood from the blade of the knife or something. <laughs> yeah. It's just sort of, like, it's a very brazen, and I don't know if that's because she was crazy or because <laughs> she just didn't give a shit. Probably a little yeah. bit of both.
0: Or because, you know, prominent families yeah. are generally more protected. mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah, it kind of reminds me a bit of, like, the Tylenol murders. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. In that you had whoever whoever did that had no idea who was going to take them tablets. Yeah, no, totally. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I can't think of another case where it's, I mean, other than like sort of bombings or terrorist events, or terror attacks, I should say, where there is that just kind of hit and miss of who... Yeah. Of of who is affected.
1: Yeah. Actually, you're right. I was gonna say the anthrax letters, but that's that was targeted. Mm. So Yeah. It, it it is. It's sort of just like, well,
0: as long as, as long as I'm poisoning someone. Yeah, even though she clearly wanted Emily Beard yeah. dead. Yeah. She was still willing to poison just the like, whole of right and whatever in the, the whole town
1: can suffer. Yeah. Which I mean I guess you get to a certain point in your uh frustration and revenge plans that mm. you could very well be like just fuck everyone. But
0: uh Yeah. But at the same time So he's a doctor. He's a man. Yeah. So he's already like gonna be believed over her. Yeah okay so we know she did it yeah but to what extent is the story behind it true and to what extent is it his just his version yeah also interests me
1: and also the fact that like probably just because he testified saying no we were never we never had a relationship she was obsessed with me like mm. that alone has muddied the waters about their relationship forget like time and history like of course if that's on the record if that's what he said in court scholars are going to be like well he said there wasn't a relationship so there probably wasn't a relationship and then probably only Hmm. until more modern times people have
0: been like wait a minute wait Hmm. a minute here history is written by the winners by the victors that's (laughs) yeah you know that's always been the case and she was busy languishing away in Broadmoor, so... Yeah. If, if you're in Broadmoor, you are the loser. Yeah. And also, like, I... Whether deservedly or not, if you're in there, you have lost.
1: I find it interesting that her mother testified against her.
0: I wonder if it was, like, to try and, like, garner sympathy or, like, leniency, saying, yeah, we've got problems on both sides of the family. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Can't Can't you just let her off? that or like I don't know like it seems
1: I wonder if the mother was involved at all
0: I wonder or if like the mother was scared of her yeah
1: that too so yeah
0: because I I think there was two other siblings so you know one of them one of them can one of them's been causing trouble we can get rid of that one and we'll still be fine because she's got two to look after her in old age (laughs) god (laughs)
1: Yes, correct. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, um, I will say that I got quite a few chocolates uh, for Christmas, and now I'm scared of them. Never going to look at them the
0: same way again. So. But you're not going to have them for breakfast tomorrow, are you? No, I'm not. But were so. they wrapped? Yes. Like, were they sealed when you got them? Yes. And other ones from me were sealed. Yes. Because as soon as I bought them, I wrapped them because otherwise I was gonna eat them myself. <laughs> that's fair. Yes, they're all sealed. Uh so that's something. Yeah. So check check your seals. And I've eaten most of the chocolates I got for Christmas and I'm still here. So, you know, that's a good sign. I think I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you
1: go. So, so yeah check your chocolates <laughs> in in the new year and um and if you like the show be seen as it's a new year if you haven't done this or if you did a long time ago and you maybe just want to check you could uh rate and review us on your podcast app uh especially Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show so you never miss a new episode and you can also sign up to our monthly newsletter Uh, which will be coming out this coming Friday. Uh, And to do that, you can just click the link in our show
0: notes. Yeah. And if you'd like to help us cover the costs of making the podcast and help us invest in the future of the show, you can join our Patreon page. Tiers start at just £1 per month. Every patron gets regular episodes one day early, a shout-out on their show, priority case requests, and a lifetime discount on merch. And that's just for £1 a month. As the tiers go up, you get even more, including bonus episodes, and exclusive little stationary merch that you can't buy anywhere. So check that out at patreon.com forward slash square mile of murder. Links are in all the usual places. Yep. And oh, you can also pay annually
1: if you want to.
0: Instead of monthly.
1: Yes. So, like, for
0: 12 pounds,
1: you can get a whole year of that stuff. Mm. So, something to consider. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, check that out. Um, We're going to be doing a little, like, updating to some of our stuff over the next few weeks. Like, a website and... uh, Various things, so and we'll some
0: new stuff coming.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll keep hopefully. you hopefully <laughs> we'll <laughs> keep you updated on all of that. But like, yeah. just know it's a work in progress, so things might look different, or things might be you know down for a minute, but they'll come back up. Promise. Yeah. So um, yeah, and the merch star will be back soon as well. Yeah. So bear with us. but We'll
0: tell you about that later in the month. Yeah,
1: that's that's later that's a later thing you have to you have to come back if you want to (laughs) know
0: uh yeah so that is us yep
1: 2022 let's have you here we go
0: and yeah we'll see you all next week yeah thanks guys Bye. bye